Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. It's great to see you, Nicole. How are you? I am doing well, Chris. How about yourself? We're always doing great. We're always doing great because, again, we always love to talk about horses. So today's a really good one because testing hay, it's come up. We've discussed this over numerous podcasts, so I, I think it's it's great that we have one just dedicated to that. And I love this topic because going way back early in my career and being an extension specialist in South Carolina, I remember going around and talking to horse owners and talking about hay quality and how we had to weigh hay and all this stuff. And I used to just have people tell me, I don't need to do a hay test. I don't need to do any of this because I just sight, smell, feel, right? That's all we have to do for our hay, right? Why do we need to hay test it? So to be fair, sometimes that's plenty, right? You have mature horses who aren't breeding, who don't have any health issues, then yeah, that that probably is enough. Um, But there are absolutely times where testing our hay can give us super valuable information that helps us manage our total nutritional program. I will say a lot of times people end up hay testing to troubleshoot problems. So like, ah, things are not going right. We can hay test to help either rule out the hay or figure out what's going on with the hay. And then there are select situations where I'd recommend testing every time regardless. So my next question was, okay, so it gives us an idea on some of the nutrients. Does it tell us the quality of the hay? I mean... Sure. Yeah. So I think it surprises people sometimes. I'll look at hay tests and I've never seen their hay in person and I'll go, hey, your hay's pretty stemmy, right? And they're like, oh, how, how did you know? <laughs> um, yeah. That's that's because actually there are a couple things that I, work, I look at when I look at a hay test that give me great indicators of quality, um, specifically ADF and NDF. Those are measures of the fiber and then things related to fiber portions in our hay, lignin specifically. It's not fiber, but it you know, interacts with fiber. And as those numbers go up, digestibility and palatability go down. Um, and we talked about this in depth in some of our other podcasts, but those are really our primary drivers of what you and I would consider quality of hay just looking at it. Is it, is it soft? Is it nice? Or is it hard and stemmy? That's related to maturity. And that is measured through your fiber values. Uh, the other big quality one that's maybe not quite as apparent um, that you can't visually see is the amount of moisture in that hay. So hay that is really dry, particularly if it's a legume, can be brittle and you can have leaf breakage and you lose some nutrition. Primarily the thing that we're actually looking at is, is the hay too wet? And when hay is baled at too high of a moisture, at minimum, you end up with kind of dusty hay that's not as great. Um, And then from there, we could definitely have significant issues with mold. Uh, We can even have some issues if that hay is relatively fresh and it was put up a little bit wet because there's going to be some fermentation that occurs during the curing process. And I've, I've linked some really, you know, um, significant colic issues in single barns back to that precise situation. Um, so moisture and the fiber are the main things we're looking at quality wise. Um, certainly the amount of protein can impact the quality that's more driven by the variety of forage and l- most horses get lots of protein in their diet, but those are kind of some fundamental things that we're looking at in terms of quality. 
Now, before we get into some of the nutrients that that the hay test is going to tell us, can we do? Can we test our pastures? Ooh, yeah, we can. Um, I have done research studies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did lots of pasture testing. I had a great tan that summer, but um, it's not super valuable outside a research setting, simply because your pasture is constantly changing. So the information that you get taking a pasture sample at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning by 2 p.m. Tuesday morning, that pasture is different. So if we're thinking about pasture, um, more the testing I would recommend would be soil testing so we can fertilize that appropriately so that we can have a healthy pasture. I have never recommended someone test their pasture um, grass itself. I can't really think of a real life application for that. Right. Okay. Okay. So just sticking to hay. And when we do this hay test, like, what is it going to tell us? Like what, as an owner, I'm going to get this thing and I'm going to go, okay, now what do I do with it? How do I interpret the results? What nutrients does it tell me that now I can adjust my feeding plan if I have to, right? Sure. So you can just send it to us. Like we're yeah, happy there you to go. help. <laughs> we're happy to help yes. evaluate them. And, yes, yes. and regularly we'll recommend like, hey, if you go get your hay tested, we'll take a look at it. It'll help us troubleshoot problems. Um, it may help us work on your program. Uh, but the things that it's going to tell you, top of the page is going to be moisture. So again, how much moisture is that hay? It's the first thing I look at. Um, from there, we're going to have kind of your macro nutrients. So there's going to be protein. Sometimes we'll get a lysine value. We're going to have our different measurements of fiber, ADF, NDF. Crude fiber is probably on there. Not a super useful thing. Um, sometimes you'll see fat on there. We're not really worried about that number. It's super low. We're not doing anything with it. And then we're also going to look at things, you know, you're going to get some basic minerals sometimes. Depends on the package you pay for. Um People are a lot of times concerned about iron. I'd send them back to our iron podcast for that. You will confirm that your hay does not provide all the copper and zinc. Uh, every once in a while, there might be something interesting with manganese, not super common. But then the other big thing that I would say many people are actually testing their hay for exclusively is to understand the non-structural carbohydrates in that hay, specifically looking at Sugar, in this case, water-soluble carbohydrates, and starch. That starch value is going to be pretty low, um, but it is something we take into consideration as well. We're not testing for things like vitamins. You could. You'd spend a lot of money, and that number is not super useful because we know that once we cut our hay, we have pretty rapid degradation of those vitamins. So from a formulation standpoint, I just give it a zero value for vitamins. There's no sense spending the money to test that. But so you earlier you said you could pay for packages. So besides vitamins, are there any nutrients or minerals, micro, macro minerals that you would suggest testing for just to see? Because like, you know, we, 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 we just a couple weeks ago, you know, we just we just talked about micro uh, nutrients. And is that something I would need to know or because I'm thinking like selenium or some sort of deficiency. Do we want to test for that? Or do we just like, you know, we're going to put in, uh, or is that something we shouldn't be concerned with? 
Ah, good question. Uh, one in my list, I forgot, obviously, calcium and phosphorus. Um, those those are going to be on your standard hay test, uh, super important. You know, we can send hay off separately for selenium. It's about $60 um, to 150 depending on the lab, all of those things. But um, I'd say practically, we're only usually testing for that if we're trying to track down a specific toxicity issue. Um, I have sent hay out for that, um, but otherwise not something that we're usually spending the money to test. Yeah, that's pretty expensive. So I couldn't imagine paying for, for just selenium. So you just kind of assume some of those micronutrients might be a little low. So we just cover it with a Sure. So, yeah. you know, when we're formulating, um, we're taking kind of a bell curve of the composition of hay into consideration and then filling in the gaps from there. So there are situations where hay testing is useful. Um, if, if your hay, honestly, if it's super low quality, this is usually where it shows up, still can't meet the gaps, even feeding a reasonable amount of a commercial product. Generally speaking, those things, if you've chosen a product that's appropriate for your horse's life stage, you're feeding at least the minimum recommended rate, they're designed to fill in those micronutrient gaps. So we're largely looking more at things that impact the caloric density of your hay. So your fiber values, how much energy can they get from it? And then the sugars, because there are some issues there um, with certain horses with metabolic. And then finally, in a breeding operation, I'm definitely interested in the cal-phos ratio. Um, and I'm going to formulate to maintain a pretty strict ratio for that um, because I've certainly seen hay. You know, we tell you rule of thumb, if your hay has more than 50% legume, you should go on a product that is formulated to be fed with a legume. Uh, that would be alpha essentials, alpha growth in our line. However, I've definitely seen hay that eyeballing it, I would say is less than 50-50. But when we do that testing, that calcium phosphorus ratio comes back such that you do need to feed that alfalfa balanced diet in order to correct that calcium to phosphorus ratio. So ultimately, I'd say there's very little balancing you as a horse owner need to be doing as a result of your hay analysis. It's more looking at quality, looking at sugars, and then thinking about calcium to phosphorus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I was going to come back and, and ask you about the NSC levels because... Uh, what is it going to, what's it going to tell me in a hay test? And then I guess, how do I adjust my, my feeding plan based on that? So let's, I guess I would say, start off if it's high and what do you consider high NSC in a hay test and how would I adjust? And if it's low, are you concerned with that? Hmm, and do you questions. adjust? Yeah. Yeah. So I've never been in a scenario where I've worried my hay NSC is too low. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, horses who are performing harder, we're providing more NSC through their concentrates. If they're right, doing right. a super intense yeah. job, like the racehorse. Um, after that, um, your goal with a horse with metabolic issues would be less than 10% NSC. We could usually make it work with 12% or less, depending on the individual and the management. So anything above that would not generally be appropriate for the horse with metabolic issues. Most of the hay tests I see, I don't even know if I've seen one above 16% in the last year. So generally speaking, a lot of your hay falls relatively low, but not always. And then it's more that fine line of 13% is fine for the healthy horse, but it may not be fine for the IR horse. You're not typically changing anything with the concentrate portion of your diet as a function of that. 
So your horse is insulin resistant. We're feeding it essential K, probably a ration balancer. If it needs calories, maybe we're feeding it calm and easy, but we're more managing sugar intake as a function of that hay test. We're not necessarily making other adjustments because on the concentrate side, you're already trying to minimize that to the extent that's possible. And that's easier to do than your forage. We test the hay so we know what they're getting today. Are they okay with that? And then are there things we can do? Multiple small meals, hay soaking, sourcing other hay might be more appropriate. That's kind of the management decisions that are driven based on that hay. Not necessarily, oh, this hay is 13%, so I should change something over here because hay is the largest part of the diet. Anything I change over on the grain side isn't going to... Yeah, it's not going to functionally make a biological difference. Now, just really quick, NSC levels between alfalfa or legume hay and your typical Bermuda grass hay. Well, most of us aren't feeding Bermuda grass hay in typical places. If you're Florida, I think Florida we were. I think that's pretty much what we're feeding down there. No, that's fair. In southern yes, places, yes. right, you're you're growing warm season grasses and a lot of those people are importing in your cool your cool season grasses like orchard or timothy or alfalfa. So, big picture. Big big picture. Rough averages you still have to test because there's always an exception. But in general, your legumes and your warm season grasses are going to have lower NSC than your cool season grasses. It's just a function of how they store their carbohydrates and how they grow. That doesn't mean that every warm season grass or alfalfa would be appropriate for a horse with those issues. In fact, a little bit of a tough situation, alfalfa is generally more energy dense, so higher in calories than your grass hay. So even though it's low sugar and it's too many calories, you can't feed that to an obese horse because that in and of itself impacts insulin sensitivity. It's a little bit of a balance there. But I always tell people, I can't tell them by the specific cutting, the specific variety, and I can guarantee that it's safe for your horse. Um, Teff hay is generally low NSC. Sometimes it's not palatable. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a test of teff hay above 10%. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist somewhere. So best practice is always to test if you have a horse that is that sensitive, unfortunately. It makes sourcing hay a lot more difficult. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so where do we get our hay tested? There are multiple commercial labs. Uh, So, you know, there might be one in your general area. That's something your local extension office can point you in the direction. I would say lots of people use ones that are marketing packages towards horse owners. It makes it a little bit easier um, because there's multiple ways you can test fiber. There's multiple ways you can test sugar. And we're looking at specific ones for horses. Um, So by no means exclusive, but I know Equa Analytical is a lab that's super common for this that a lot of horse owners use. Um, I use several other labs as well. Cumberland Valley, Midwest. I mean, there's tons of different labs that can offer this. I would say when you're talking to them, just be clear that you know, or you learn from, you know, we have some fact sheets on this, the exact measurements you need, because the worst thing is to like, get a test and you're like, great, I have a test. And it was designed for cattle and they like tested your fiber, but don't give the numbers that are actually useful for the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, a couple more questions. So really quick. So they find where they can get their hay tested and I'm sure there's, you know, they tell you how to prepare it too, but really quick, how should somebody prepare their hay for testing? So I guess if they have a round bale or square bales. 
No, that's yeah. a great question because there, there's actually a lot of science that goes behind the testing process and making sure you get good results. Your results are only as good as your sample. And the big thing here is we need a representative sample. So if you have 100 bales and you just grab a handful off the end of one bale, that's very unlikely to be a response that's representative of the entire lot of hay. So the recommendation would be to use a hay probe. It's this long cylinder that takes a sample across, I'd say they're about a foot and a half long, and it bores into your hay bale and pulls a sample so you get a lot. And then depending on the size of the number of bales you have, you're looking to either do 10% or 10 bales would be your general recommendation on small bales. So if you have 50 bales of hay, we'd grab samples from five different bales kind of spread throughout. Um, if you have a thousand, you still would only do 10. You wouldn't sample a hundred bales because that might be a little ridiculous. <laughs> but um, for a small square, we're going in through the short side. So between the strings and you just kind of drill right down for a round bale, we're going on the rounded edge, not the flat edge. Uh, one tip with round bales, like if the outer kind of, um, bit of hay is kind of gross, you don't want that in your sample. I'd say if it's real gross, you might want, not want to feed that bale to horses right, in right, general. Right. You know, but just make sure what you're testing is like the actual hay the horse will eat. Um, if you were going to peel off the outer layer of the round bale, you wouldn't want that represented in your sample. So basically, you get all of those, you put them in one baggie, and that's what we call a composite sample. And then the lab will grind down and test your composite sample to give you a representative um, result across that lot, that cutting, that purchased group of hay. Now, if you've purchased hay from four different people and put them all in the loft together, it, you know, you may want to separate out those lots and test them individually instead of getting a composite sample across all four of them. Depends on how intensively we're looking to manage things. Right, right. And then I guess my final question would be like, how often should uh, owners test their hay? A new, new shipment, new supplier, you know, once a year, twice yeah. a year? Yeah. No, unfortunately, um, it should be tested by grouping that's cut together. So even hay off the same field, that's first, second, third cutting is going to be different. Um, all your first cutting off different fields will be different. Um, so unfortunately, you know, if we're really looking to do this right, each individual group, so bought from X farmer on this piece of land would be tested, um, bought from Y farmer different cuttings, all of those things. Now, if, if we're just troubleshooting in the short term and it's an issue like my horse is skinny, I don't know why. And I say, Hey, let's test your Tay. So we understand what's going on. You might not be consistently testing, but for your insulin resistant horse or your breeding operation, yeah, you're going to want to test every lot of hay so we can manage things appropriately. That being said in the breeding operation, if you're feeding straight grass hay, that, that makes it a lot simpler. It's really when we're feeding those legume blends that I'm super concerned about getting that test. Yeah, yeah you covered that. You covered that earlier. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, it's something that we talk about in a lot of podcasts, you know, oh, get a hay test, get a hay test. So uh, people can always come back to this one and, and reference it on, on how to do it appropriately. So any final tips on hay testing? If you are going to be doing this frequently, buy a hay probe. 
I would recommend the one that attaches to your drill, much less work. Uh, you can get them for about $200. So they're not inexpensive, but having to try to grab sample without one, you don't get great results. Having to borrow one can be a little challenging. So I think it'd be a worthwhile investment if you think, hey, testing is something you're going to be regularly doing. Yeah, especially for those metabolic horses, right? Like you're going to be doing this kind of often. So something you probably want. And then people are going to come to you to borrow it. <laughs> Just get ready for that. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, great advice, Uh, Nicole. Thank you so much. And thank you for the listeners. Uh, You know, please keep those uh, ideas coming on Facebook, you know, making comments on the podcast, any topics that you want us to cover, please let us know. Uh, Again, the link is in the show notes. If, if you need to ask about hay testing or like Nicole said, you need your hay test results uh, evaluated and you need a professional opinion or another opinion, please contact us. That link is in the show notes, but thank you so much for listening and uh, take care. Thanks, Chris.